Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Do smartphones enhance the travel experience, or did they ruin the travel experience? We're getting unplugged in today's show and going to explore that topic. When should you unplug? Should you unplug? For how long? What are the rules around that? All of these questions. We'll get into it today with my guest, plus a shout out to one of you fine souls in the beautiful Zero to Travel caravan, this listening community. And she's from a country that I've been wanting to visit forever that I haven't been to yet that I'd like to go to one of these days soon. Stick around for that and plenty more. It's all happening right now, my friend. You're here and now in the moment with me. I want to thank you for being here and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so very much for stopping by, hanging out, letting me bring a little travel right into your ears today and making time for yourself to soak in a little travel. That's important, you know, giving yourself space to to explore. I, where might you go next? You know, what's, what's next in the travel agenda for you? I have no idea, but I'm just glad you're here to share this time with me today. You're joining many tens of thousands of people from around the world in this incredible community, the Zero to Travel Caravan. You can get in touch anytime if you want to reach out. I am here. I read all the emails, all the reviews, all the everything that you send me. I've been a little buried in my inbox, so I apologize if I have not gotten back to you yet, but I promise I read everything that comes my way, and I really appreciate those of you that that have reached out to me in the past or currently, and this is a two-way conversation. This is your show, my friend. This is your show, your platform. This is a community-powered show. I happen to host this thing, but um, I see this as a community platform, truly, and I want to bring on the guests and the topics you want me to cover. That's my mission, to help you travel the world on your terms, no matter what your situation or experience. So if you're new to the caravan, welcome. If you've been here for a while, welcome back. We've got an awesome show for you today. Getting unplugged, and this is a topic that I struggle with quite a bit when I travel because, well, I I shouldn't say just when I travel. I actually struggle with this in my daily life as well. Not every day, but the smartphone habit, you know, that that thing, that computer in your pocket or that computer laying out on the table right next to you that can answer all of your questions. And you get curious about something and you can just look it up. As a matter of fact, today 
I saw these two beautiful swans out on this pond near where I live here in Norway. And they come back every summer. It's so cool to see them. I don't know where they go. They have their own travel stories, I'm sure. Like that. I wish I could actually bring them on for an interview. That would be a weird interview, right? Like interviewing a couple swans. Anyway, I got all curious about swans. Like how long do they live? And when they put their necks underwater, what are they eating under there? And, and just how do they migrate everything? How big are they? So, you know, I went home and I looked it up and, you know, it was interesting. It was cool to read about them because there are several different species and it was the mute swan. That's not what I saw, but there's a type of swan called the mute swan. And it got the name because it's quieter than regular swans. It doesn't make a lot of noise. I love these little historical tidbits. I'm not sure what year this happened, but apparently when the mute swan dies, it makes a lot of noise or sings a beautiful song. And that's where the term swan song came from. I thought that was cool. But anyway, you know, did I have to get on my smartphone and read all that today? I mean, come on. What did I couldn't I have just uh, I did meditate this morning. But couldn't I have just I don't know, I guess I could have gone to the library and looked it up. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the problem with this. This is why I go back and forth on this in my head. There's nothing wrong with looking those things up. But it compounds, right? You know, you find yourself picking up your phone multiple times a day, maybe more. And it's a bad habit, in my opinion. And my opinion is just a opinion. But I know there are others out there, maybe you, that feel the same way. And I just downloaded an app called Momentum that was helping with that, although I kind of got off of that. And I really try to replace any of my smartphone bad habits with good habits. And an example of that is instead of going on to like a social media account, for example... I will try to improve my language. I'm studying Norwegian, so I will try to learn new Norwegian words and I'll replace the going to insert social media account or insert pointless website article that you'll forget in 10 minutes and instead open up an app that helps me increase my vocabulary in Norwegian. One of those apps is Duolingo. I like to use Duolingo. And the other one is Pimsleur. And Pimsleur's supporting today's show. They've been supporting the podcast for a while. I'm a huge fan of their product. Pimsleur has the best audio courses out there. And I want to just give them a plug here really quick because they allow you to start speaking a language pretty much right away. I mean, from the first lesson, if you haven't tried it out yet, you can go to zerototravel.com slash easy and try a lesson totally free. If you're based in the States, you can actually sign up for a free seven-day trial to their monthly subscription service where you have access to all of the lessons in whatever language you want to learn. If you're outside of the States, that link will still take you to a free lesson using the Pimsleur method. And it is a method. It was developed decades ago. And this is the same language learning method used by the State Department, by the FBI, organizations like that. Because you can learn so fast, you're in conversation right away. And it's audio-based. So if you love listening to podcasts, I know you're going to love learning on the go. And this is another example, like I said, of using your smartphone for good. In my opinion, you know, instead of wasting time on something that isn't going to benefit or enhance your travel experience or your life, you get to use it to educate yourself. And, you know, maybe for some of you, it's a bucket list thing. I know it was for me to learn a language. I want to be fluent in a language. I've always wanted to do that. But it's so intimidating to get started. And with Pimsleur, you can get started or pick up. You know, if you studied years ago and you studied for a couple of years and you kind of forgot a lot of words, you'd be surprised how quick you can pick it up right away and just take it with you on the go. It's a, it's a wonderful interface. 
It's super easy to use. Zero to travel.com slash easy. Check it out that low monthly subscription service, just like a Netflix or something, where instead of having to buy hundreds of dollars worth of language lessons, you can get it for one low monthly price. I'm not quite sure how long they're going to do that deal, but uh, it really is an incredible deal if you want to get back into language learning or do it for the first time and enhance your travel experience. I'll leave that link in the show notes. Thanks to Pimsler for supporting today's show. And that's what I do. You know, I'll try when I'm doing good, quote unquote good. I will try to replace those those bad habits with good habits, with learning habits, with things that can benefit me in my life beyond just, you know, the five-minute article that I'll never remember later. I mean, I do love reading about music and other certain things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. See, this is where it gets sticky because I'm sure that you're thinking right now, well, like, yeah, but what's wrong with you know, reading the occasional articles and this and that, it, nothing, nothing's wrong at all. I love to stay informed. I love to read. But, you know, for me, it crosses a line with the screen time. And this is another big struggle for me around being location independent and doing the whole, you know, whether you're a digital nomad or you're working while you travel from your laptop and it is location independence month here on the podcast. So that's a theme that we're rolling with this month. And I wanted to talk about Unplugged Travel today because instead of focusing on a business thing, this is a part of the lifestyle of being location independent. I shouldn't say totally because there are location independent businesses that you can run that don't involve so much screen time as running a website or something like that. An example of them, you can go into the archives recently. Uh, Ziana is somebody I interviewed who runs... Airbnb properties and she runs some properties as a co-host, which means she doesn't have to own any properties. She can just get a percentage of other people's properties by managing them. Anyway, that's a really interesting episode if that model kind of perks you up and you're like, wait a minute, what what is that? You can check it out in the archives. But that business still requires screen time, right? You still have to log on to Airbnb. There's still going to be some things you have to manage, but it might not be as full on as running a website, you know, you're maybe you're more out in the real world because you're meeting homeowners, you're dealing with people, you got to get homes clean. So there might be some places in in your neighborhood or some businesses in your neighborhood that you're working with. So it it could be a little less intensive or maybe a lot less intensive, I'm not sure, than running a website and creating content all the time. The majority of location independent businesses involve a fair amount of screen time, but so do most jobs nowadays, a lot of jobs, right? So there's a trade-off there. I mean, you have that flexibility to work from anywhere, but then you do have to log that screen time. And at least for me, that's hard. Somebody who spent, you know, over a decade plus traveling around and I didn't really do much with computers at all. I used them to just get my reports done and get off of them as quickly as possible because I was working as a professional tour manager in events and with band and with um, an adventure travel. And if you've listened to this, you know my story. That didn't require too much computer work, really. And then I started getting interested in this idea of having the freedom and flexibility to work from anywhere. So I had to learn a certain set of skills to pull that off, which took a long time. But it also involved a lot of screen time. And um, that was a struggle for me early on when I first went location independent and I was doing uh, some consulting. And it's still a struggle for me today. Although sitting here right now recording for you is fun. I mean, I love recording this podcast for you all. It's 
not about being miserable all the time. It's just, I'm just being honest with the struggle. And I think that's why you're going to enjoy today's conversation because I talked to somebody else who comes from, uh, <laughs> I say it comes from the olden days or, you know, somebody that has also traveled before the smartphone days. And some of you listening have done that and you can reminisce with us or you can relate. And some of you have not because you grew up in a generation where, you know, smartphones have always been a thing. And I don't have that experience. You know, that that wasn't the way I grew up. I grew up without them and then they were a thing. And now it's something I have to manage more. And maybe when you grew up with them, you're better at that. I I don't know. It's just a really fascinating topic for me. And it also involves a lot of tangential topics, right? Like mindfulness or, you know, taking yourself out of the moment, that that whole idea. And, and when you're traveling and you have this digital interface and you want to capture things, that's a choice. And there's consequences to any choice you make, right? It's just like anything in life. If you make a choice to do a particular thing or take a particular action, that has consequences, good and or bad, of course, depending on your perspective and what you think. So this is, an again, an endlessly fascinating topic for me. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation with my friend Kaz today, who is part of the Paradise Pack this year. That's a project that's coming at the end of the month, May 29th through June 4th. And we've got a free guide we're giving out in relation to that. If you haven't heard of the Paradise Pack, it's just basically the ultimate bundle of educational products to help you live, work, and travel anywhere. You need a true education to be able to pull this lifestyle off. Or if you're already running a location-independent business, you know that you always have to be learning and improving. And we want to create something that was affordable for everybody to be able to have this type of lifestyle. And if you're not interested or you're rolling your eyes and you're like, "Eh, I don't know, that's not my thing. I get it. But everything on this podcast serves a, a purpose. And that purpose is to help you travel. So I think... If you're able to travel and earn an income from anywhere and have total flexibility to travel, being location independent is a good strategy to at least be aware of, don't you think? At least to be aware of and to maybe explore. Maybe that's a thing you want to do down the road. I'm not sure. But if you go to zerototravel.com slash hotspots, hotspots, all one word, H-O-T-S-P-O-T-S, I'm giving away a free guide. It's the top 11 digital nomad hotspots around the world. So we researched the average pricing, cost of living, the pros and cons of each place. And the idea was to pick 11 places around the world that are hotspots that have vibrant culture and community, both locally and within the entrepreneurial community, and give you some options. And you know, this guide is also great for slow travel, or if you are the type of traveler that likes to just set up shop somewhere and you want to have a solid Wi-Fi connection and you want to be somewhere where there's a good daily lifestyle and something that kind of matches with your interests and your personality and also is is a wonderful place in terms of you know a place to visit and a culture to explore because that's what travel is all about it's about you know submersing yourself into the culture that you're in so you can grab that hotspots guide. It's totally free if you go again to zero to travel.com slash hotspots, H O T S P O T S. It's a free guide. You're also going to get another free guide when you're on that list and a bunch of other goodies 
And you'll also be the first to know when the Paradise Pack launches this year. It's a once a year thing. It's only around for one week, then it's gone forever. So you don't want to miss this because it's really the best chance to get the ultimate education to help you live, work, and travel anywhere in the world. Okay. We're going to get into today's interview. And at the back of the interview, on the back end, I'm going to share a really cool quote that I saw yesterday that I'd never seen before. So I wanted to share that with you and a shout out. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I got a shout out to one of you beautiful souls in the Zero to Travel Caravan, this listening community. Thanks from the bottom of my heart, by the way, for being here once again and hanging out. Enjoy the interview and I will see you on the other side, my friend. I'm thrilled to welcome back to the show my friend from one of the most popular family travel websites around, whytravelblog.com. I'm going to leave this blooper in. .com. Uh, that's why the letter Y, whytravelblog.com. Com and uh, no, the, the dot com, I guess that would be like, that would be good if you're, um, I don't know if you, if you're, you got some wily hair or something. Yeah, I guess. So you, <laughs> uh, anyway, they also have plenty of awesome resources for travelers of all types, even if you don't have a family. So I encourage you to check it out. Today, we're going to talk about getting unplugged. Well, we're going to try not to wax too nostalgic for the pre-smartphone days. Um, Kaz, make peace. Welcome back to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Thanks, Jason. It's so great to be back with you. And I did comb my hair this morning. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. That's why I'm wearing a hat. So, uh, <laughs> where are you right now? You're you're in uh, North Carolina, is that right? Yeah, in Raleigh, North Carolina. We have we rent an apartment here just as a home base, so that we can come in and out of our you know our trips and catch up on work and breathe yeah. a little bit. Cool. Wait. So, how old are your kids now? Ten and six. Ten and six. Okay. Because I was just reading what you're up to on the blog, and I'll I'll read this really quick because we're going to go back to it. But you said our family of four is starting a three-year USA road trip across all 50 states. And you started that just a little over a year ago, and you're calling it America Unplugged. And it's all about discovering the real America. And you say, we love traveling like locals. We're here to help you discover what makes America the beautiful. So I, I want, I definitely want to talk about the road trip. And now that you're a year into it, you know, what you think about Americans and as Australians and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting that you said America unplugged because I don't know if you were insinuating that you were unplugging digitally a little bit too, or if that was just kind of to strip down to the real America. But I, I want to talk a little bit about digital everything and how you balance all that and stuff. But uh, when you called it American Unplugged, American Unplugged, was there any relation to getting unplugged? There were several layers of meaning there. So one, as you said, was sort of unplugging the real America and, and getting to know that and, and discovering the places that, you know, that people don't go too much and telling the stories that haven't been told. But the other layer of that was to unplug from what, uh, doesn't serve you, what doesn't bring you joy and fulfill you. And I think so many of us are kind of walking around in a fog, living these lives on kind of autopilot, not understanding what our values are, what we really want from our life and why. And it's kind of like we're just plugged into this chaos that's usually determined by what other people tell you is right or the thing to do. 
So for us, we like to live a life that's unplugged from that and get back to what's important to us and living by our values. And travel is one way that we do that. So that was the other layer of um, unplugging, not necessarily digitally, although I do think that's really important and I do think travel is a great way that you can do that. Were you guys going down some path where you needed to re-unplug or were there things in your life that you were kind of like, huh, like let's let's get back to our roots or was that just kind of keeping the spirit of what you'd already been doing? Yeah, I think it was keeping the spirit of what we'd already been doing at the time that we were planning this US trip. But there was, back in 2013, we were um, struggling financially. We were living with my um, in-laws um, you know, we're just going through the motions and going, I went through a health crisis and it was then that I realized, you know, I'm not, I'm not living my life to its full potential. I'm not living it according to what I love and what I value most. And that's when we decided to make the big leap and travel around Australia. So that's when we realized and we got back to doing what we love and, and life sort of started working for us again. Well, you and I, had, I think, you know, because you were on the show before and we we started jamming out on like we had a very similar path because you started kind of working travel jobs and traveling around. And, and I think we started traveling around the same time. Did, were you traveling like in the late 90s-ish? Uh-huh. Okay, 97 yeah. was when I first, yes. well, 96 I first went overseas, but 97 was when I went on my first long-term trip okay. and I've been traveling since pretty much. Yeah. So I, I inadvertently became nomadic in like... I guess it was February 97. Um, oh, wait, you no. were just two months before me. Sorry, 98. No, I graduated okay. I graduated in December 97, and then I went on my first road tour in February 98. And then that was led to like 10 years on the road. But anyway, I knew it was around the same time. I was, I was thinking about the olden days, or like when I wrote it down, I, I put like a G in parentheses in front of it, because I was like, is it the olden days or the golden days? And... Um, <laughs> Maybe, maybe I'm like doing the rose tinted glasses thing, but like just for everybody who was born in the generation of the internet and like smartphones and all that, uh, and like have never lived without them, you know, you want to paint a little picture of what travel was like back then? (laughs) It was so freeing. (laughs) (laughs) They were the golden days. I mean, what I used to love about traveling was that back then was that no one could find me. No one knew where I was. I could just go out wandering and roaming the streets and I was fully absorbed and present in the moment because I'm not trying to, you know, capture it and put it on Instagram or Instagram stories and tell everyone about it at home. I'm just there experiencing the moment. Like I may have been taking a few photos. I just had like a point and shoot. I didn't really know what I was doing. It was more about just capturing memories um, and moments back then. And it was just so liberating knowing that no one knew. I mean, I didn't own a phone, a smartphone until I was like, well, not even a smartphone, a little Nokia thing until I was like 30. And when I got that, I thought, oh no, now people can phone me and I'm can always be switched on. And it was kind of like this feeling that, oh no, things are changing. I had the same feeling. I, I put it off for so long until like I finally worked for a company because working for all these companies on tour and they like want to be able to get a hold of you, you know? Yeah. And they finally just were like, hey, we need to get a hold of you. And I had to bite the bullet and I got a Nokia thing. I remember that snake game. There was like a little snake that would go around. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like, you remember that? So <laughs> <laughs> We're so shy. 
coming out. <laughs> but uh, you know, the games have advanced it, you know, much much <laughs> more since now then. there's candy crush and things yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it was for me it was like you know, a lot of the same feeling, although like I don't think because we didn't have anything to compare it to, it just was that that was just the way it was. You know, like you were in the world you there was you know yeah you had your camera like you said your point and shoot where you develop the film or whatever you know that was the most i guess you would take yourself out of out of it you know out of the moment to capture something i suppose uh, otherwise you were just capturing it like a human being as opposed to a human being with a machine in between or this digital interface i'm bringing this up not because it's like a holier than thou subject like i struggle with this now so i thought it would be fun to talk about and especially with you because you have a couple layers to this as well because you're you're a traveler in the current age so that already sets you in with everybody else but now you also do this for a living where you have to capture travel for a living how do smartphones or iPads or whatever you're using to capture travels now improve travel for you compared to then? And like, how does it ruin it for you? It has improved it in the way of we have so much access to technology and it makes travel a bit uh, quicker, smarter, more efficient. Like, I absolutely love Google Maps. I don't know how I ever survived without that. I just I use that every day. It helps me get around. I don't have to get lost using, you know, one of those Lonely Planet maps that never worked. Things always moved on you, but now Google Maps can get me where I want to go. And I love how I can easily find, like, I'll just search on Google cool coffee shops nearby or great places to eat, and it's just so quick and efficient. And I really love that. Having that immediate access to information can be really helpful and really improve travel. Um, And, you know, if you want to travel light, then smartphones are great because you can capture your memories on them. You don't have to lug around camera gear and all of that as well. So that's really good. And I guess the older that we're getting now and now that we have children and and family back in Australia, it, it is good for keeping that communication up with them. Like I no longer have to chase down calling cards and phone boxes to try and contact and write postcards. So that's really, really good as well. However, I do feel particularly the business that we have where there is an element of sharing and being switched on, I do feel that has changed the experience a lot for me. And I guess I approach it when I'm out there, I get into, okay, now I'm a travel blogger mode compared to a travel traveler and if I'm a traveler then I really try to just get off the devices and just switch off and be present and be in the moment and experience it and connect with other humans and get my head out of the phone and up into the air and seeing what's around there yeah he mentioned um a couple things like you know the, the whole quick and efficient thing like certainly i mean i remember you know pulling over to ask people for directions and getting lost and all the things that would happen or or i would like get on map quest and like write down all the directions you know somewhere yes. and then carry it <laughs> with me we always say that they're good things but is it necessarily a good thing all the time you know no and i like what you said then about having to ask the locals for direction that that's part of the spontaneous joy of travel those you know interactions you have with locals and asking for directions and and those things so I do think 
quick and efficient isn't always the best thing. And I'm sure you've got many stories as I do is, you know, hanging around waiting for buses that never arrive and, and all of that stuff. And, and, and that still happens for people where they're traveling. But what you see now is why people back in our days, people hanging around waiting, they're talking, they're playing card games, they're kicking a hacky sack and stuff around and just mingling and interacting where nowadays people are just on their phone and checking out what other people are doing on Facebook. So there's that element I think that's getting lost. Yeah, a lot of that hanging around too also leads to something quite often just because like everybody's hanging around. So then you start chatting with other people and of course that still happens. It's just different. And I mean, I know we can't go back to to these days. But I mean, I, I think it's just an interesting conversation to have because there are a lot of different things that come up. And then and, and I want to get into some practical tips or maybe some rules around smartphones and different things. I want to hear what you guys do. One of the big things that I think makes a huge difference, it's not like when we traveled back you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s or whatever before having phones and all that. It, there wasn't an internet. I mean, there was, and you could go to an internet cafe, for example, like I would go to an internet cafe and like email my family and let them know I was okay. Cause I was in the middle of wherever, you know, South America. And that was how you did it. What it did in hindsight was it basically forced me to like block my digital time. You know what I mean? Especially when you go to an internet cafe and you're like, you're going to pay for whatever it costs, whatever every 10 minutes or however they structure their pricing. And then like, so the goal was kind of like, oh, let me get in and like do these things and like take care of this digital part of my life and let people know I'm safe and whatever. Then you're done. Then you're like away from it. So something about having to go into a physical, like to hunt a place down and find it just to go do that and then get it done. And like always having to pay in real time. I don't know. Like it, it just, it does change the experience. Like, did you have a similar kind of... Yeah, yeah, we definitely had that where we'd go to the cafe and block out the time and deal with all of that there, you know, make the connections, follow up with whatever we had to do in that world. Um, and it was that sense of you walk out of the internet cafe and you're, oh, okay, so that's done. Let, let's get back to appreciating the experience now. Trying to recreate that, what you just described, like that relief, that sort of like, Oh, okay, like I'm done that now that can be a way for good when the things in our pocket the whole time and like right there to take to take out to take a picture to get notifications or whatever. You're on the road with your family. So you've got three other people, they have their own habits. And then you have your own like, let's take the parental perspective first. Because your kids are with you and they know your job is this, and there are some times when you're going to have to capture travel and be the, in travel blogger mode. Do you worry about them getting too much exposed to that and not enough exposed to the other kind of travel? Like, I don't know how you guys manage it, so I'm just curious as a parent. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, we speak to the girls about it all the time, so they they know. We speak to them all about about social media all the time and how it's not the reality of people's lives and how careful they have to be and who they're following and stuff to realise that it's just highlight reels and and then we show them, you know, as we're travelling along that we're taking pictures and crafting a story um, that it's not always real. Like they watch vloggers that aren't necessarily travel vloggers but they're vloggers and they – blog every day and that sometimes they travel and I just have the conversation with them all the time that you know it's it's not normal people aren't walking around with a camera 
attached to their head, capturing their life all the time, and they're only showing you certain aspects of their life. So it's very important to help our children be aware of that. But when we're traveling, because Craig and I do this together, I guess it makes it a little easier on us because we have different roles. But we will often just you know, we'll either arrive and then we'll do whatever we have to do, camera, footage, whatever, straight up, and then put them away and just experience the moment together. Or we'll just experience, like if we arrive somewhere and we're just looking at a beautiful view or something, we'll arrive and we'll absorb all of that first and take that all in, and then we'll go into production mode and do whatever it is that we have to do. So I think it's important to to kind of like you said we used to go into the internet cafe and do the work and then move out of that mode so I think that you can find ways to do that is like go okay let's quickly get done what we have to done and now we'll put it away and we'll just experience the moment yeah and that's cool I don't mean to like diminish the value either of like the capturing either because there's like a creativity to telling stories and you know, shooting videos and different things like that, that's really cool too. So that's like, that's a cool way to be creative also. But I think like you guys have an advantage because you, you know, you're creating stories through your blogs and like the kids are living the experience and then they can also see the stories that you create, whether it's social media or like what you write or whatever. And it's impossible to like share 24 hours of your life and like put it into words or whatever. It just can't be done. So they, they can see like the difference between what they experienced and like, what a story might be about, right? Like, so in that way, they're getting that behind the scenes look on in, in real life, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And, and they, they help us with the content now because we homeschool and I, I really want my children to grow up with an entrepreneurial outlook on life and to explore their creativity so that we involve them in it now. Like they'll often, you know, they'll take the camera and they'll, uh, organize some sort of shots for video, etc. My daughter writes a couple of posts for our site and stuff now as well. That kind of thing is is really great that I think they have that firsthand experience of that and that opportunity to do that at such a young age and to learn about it is really cool. So there are ways that you can make it, you know, a, a really great enhancement to, to what you're doing. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other ways you – you foster creativity in your kids? Um, we just, we don't have a, um, a, a normal structured school routine. I think we don't spend a lot of time actually like you would in school sitting down and rote learning and doing book work, et cetera. So a lot of their day is open to them exploring their own creativity and just letting them um, play and just, let it because that's how the creativity muscle is developed from them not having the the walls put up and just giving them the opportunity to play and interact and engage and um we have a children's museum near here that we have an annual membership to and sometimes the girls will go down there for a couple of hours and they have like my daughter will come home and she's built like um bookshelves and little things because they have like hammers and that down there and woods and she comes back and she's just built this and I'm like how did you know how to build that who taught you that she's like oh, I just put it together I just did it myself so I think that like creative play is just essential for our kids and they don't they don't get it enough at school and those walls come up and that children lose that sense of creativity and imagination 
but it's it's just leaving it wide open for them to figure it out themselves. You know, I really admire the nomadic families out there that are giving their kids an education while they're on the road and finding different ways to do it. And I know like there are a lot of common fears that I think a lot of parents that are thinking about doing this or maybe even just getting into it might might share like for example like oh well what if you know my kids are growing up traveling around and they don't have like a stable school to go to like are they going to have lifelong friends or like you know what you said about the book learning like you know what what could they be missing out in the traditional school environment like what is your advice to parents who are thinking of these common fears and like it just depends on how you think about these things, right? Like there's no right or wrong way, of course. I'm always curious, like, hey, we know what the common fears are. So how would you talk to a parent that, that has those that wants to travel with their kids long term? Yeah, there is no right and wrong, as you said. And it's I think it's really, and this is just parenting in general. Um, and we spoke about this before we started this call, how you really have no idea what you're doing. Um, <laughs> a lot of people like to tell you how it should be done. So I think it's really, you, you be careful about who you listen to because what they're telling you is just their one way of doing things and what works for, for them. And I think it's important if you do want to go and travel um, to work out, what works for you what, and what are your beliefs and um, how are your kids, what what are they like as learners? I th- that's really important because not all kids are the same and they all learn in different ways. For example, uh, my eldest, she's um, she can just sit there and she can read. She's like um, an amazing learner and she'll, she's very independent, self-starter, will get it done, whereas my youngest – She's a kinesthetic learner. So for her, I have to make sure that when I'm teaching, when we're doing reading stuff, that she's using her body a lot when she's learning because that's just how she learns. So we're doing a lot of cut and paste and, you know, uh, picking up letters and that kind of stuff. So it's really important that you do get to know your child to understand how they learn because you're going to have to frame things around that. Um but I used to be a school teacher. So with that came, um, for me, this idea that there had to be some kind of structure to learning and it was important to have that discipline. Like I couldn't do the unschooling method, which is just totally let the kids go and let them figure it out for themselves. So from my teaching background, I'm like, whoa, no, they need some kind of structure and <laughs> you need to kind of guide them a little bit. So that's I have that stru- a little bit of structure there, maybe one to two hours a day. But what has been interesting for me on this trip, as I've been sort of letting the reins uh, go a little bit and just been focusing on reading and writing and math, which I think is really essential for every parent to focus on. Um, all the other stuff is just from them engaging and interacting in life. And it's been really incredible to me to watch and see how they have been doing that. And they pretty much have been taking care of their own education. It's been really eye-opening to me. So the more I've seen that and the more I'm seeing them thriving and growing, the more relaxed I am and sort of letting go of that rain, those reins a little bit. For the social aspect, what do you guys do to get them around other kids and that sort of thing? Like what are some tips that you have? Yeah, it is a lot easier. I think this is the number one thing that most parents worry about. And it is a lot easier than you realize. Like when we traveled around Australia, 
we we met so many um, people and so many families doing the same thing. And we spent a couple of months traveling with one family who had kids the same age as our girls. And then for the last six months, we traveled with another family who had a daughter the same age as my eldest. Um, here in the US, there's another family, um, Crazy Family Adventure, who we meet up with every couple of months and spend a bit of time with them. And they have kids the same age. And um, so it's surprising how kind of easy it is for them to meet other kids and play with other kids and then build those relationships where they are able to see them, you know, a couple of months down the road. Having a home base in Raleigh has been helpful uh, to come in and out of because we do, we live, we lived here previously. So we do have friends and other, other kids um, so that the girls can interact with them. Cool. I, um, yeah, I, I went off on this tangent a little bit because I'm just curious for myself. You know, my daughter's <laughs> only just turned two. So yeah, we're not like nomadic with her yet or anything. Those those days were or will be coming, I'm sure. Yeah. So l- last question on that, uh, because you're a school teacher and you have the experience in the background. Do you know a few of the key resources out there for parents are listening that want to look into like the homeschooling or like schooling their kids on the road type of thing? Like, is there any any really go to places to check out online? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can uh, look for whatever state that you're living in. Um, there'd be a bunch of resources that pertain to that state because all the, the rules and laws are different where you choose to homeschool. And they'll have links and things to a lot of cool resources that you can use. But one I, I use, it's actually um, it's an Australian program, but it, it's online and it can be done all over the world, is Reading Eggs readingeggs.com and they have a um, another section to that which is called math seeds and I think those two those two programs are absolutely brilliant and this is for you know younger children um, I we started when we started traveling my daughter youngest daughter wasn't reading so I was responsible for teaching her to read which is a really scary thing <laughs> very, very challenging thing but reading eggs is brilliant so for any parents who are in that um, in that similar situation I, I believe it goes up to age about nine um, really really such a fantastic resources resource for parents and another one I use is testingmum.com Um and within that, it sounds kind of like real formal and scary being called testing mum. But within that, there's a lot of really cool um, uh, access to games and resources and teaching programs uh, that you can use with your kids. And here's the flip side to the digital technology thing, right? Like, look, we get to yes. record a podcast and talk about this and share this with people. Your kids have all these and you have all this access to these incredible online resources. Um, so... You know, you you don't get one without the other. Exactly. Um, And, you know, to that point, I mean, I guess like we live in this modern day and, and, you know, it's, I think about using the tools properly and in a healthy, holistic way that feels good to you. And that's hard to do sometimes when you develop these bad habits or you get into these loops where, you know, you're checking social media all the time or whatever, um, which we all get into at times, I'm sure. Um, do you guys have any specific rules around like smartphones or screens? Like you mentioned being able to put them away and like, batching your work part and then putting them away. But is there anything else that you implement with the family to kind of make sure like it doesn't invade too much on the together time and the interactions and different things? Sure. Well, um, meal times, the, the phones are away. Um, it was just the rule. It's not good to be eating with a 
screen next to you, but also for the communication and connection part. Notifications, they're turned off. And I think that's so important for everyone, no matter what you do and where you are, just turn those notifications off. Because you think, oh, I won't check it, but it's an interruption and it's too enticing to say, oh, I'll just see who wants who wants to talk to me now, you know. So turn those off and just have a scheduled time um, in the day or the night or when, when you're going to check in with that. Um, mornings, it's no devices until a certain time in the morning and a certain time in the evening the devices go away. One thing I tell is not just for my kids, but I actually spoke at a conference on the weekend and and my urge for everyone was to make sure that when you first wake up of a morning, you spend at least five, stretch it out for as long as you can, minutes just with yourself, connecting with yourself. And whatever you do, do not turn on the phone. Do not turn on the phone until you have had time to work on your um, body, your soul, your spirit, to connect to your dreams and just have a bit of time to just breathe and slowly and gently move into the day. And I think like traveling and I and this is something um, that I still do now regardless of what technology is doing is getting up early and being there for when the sun rises or watching a city wake up. It's just a really magical, gentle experience, and it's a wonderful way to start your day. Yeah, and I urge people to do that. It's really amazing how the, you know you have the habit of picking up the phone is the first thing. Like you can lose that space for yourself. That's so important and critical to like setting the tempo or the the intention for the day or however you handle that. And that's everybody's private business, of course, but you don't want to lose that, right? No, because then once once you start letting the world in, the, your space is gone and it's so hard to get it back. And so you spend your day like like just, you know, run. it feels like you're running or taking a step forward and going back and then you've gone through this day amidst this chaos and you sort of looking up and you go, where am I? Like, who am I? What have I done today? And it's always about everyone else then, not about you. But if you just make the beginning part of the day about you, you can handle the rest of the day better and you'll be able to find yourself more throughout the day. Yeah, you know what you said? It had like a a visual impact on me, like in my mind, because I was imagining like you say, let the world in like first thing in the morning. And it's like you could imagine this nice safe like cozy bubble around you like you know when you're in your covers in bed and it's cold and you're like ah and you live in that and then as soon as you let the world in that just gets all crammed up and uh that was just the visual that came to mind just thinking of it like that already makes me want to create space for myself in the morning but do it you know being even more intentional about that so i really love that sentiment i want to talk about road tripping in America, which is actually, maybe I'm biased because I'm American, but it's definitely one of my favorite travel experiences. And and maybe that's because I spent like 10 plus years like road tripping around America, essentially. (laughs) But I love it. I cannot get enough of an American road trip. I mean, is America the ultimate road trip country? 
Oh, I think so. I, I and I think I think Australia would be up there with it. But the great thing about America is that all the middles filled in, <laughs> and it, and it and it's so diverse. Um, it, you know, it's just a a real fun uh, place to road trip, and there is so much to see and do, and it changes so much. It's incredible. Like we just were down in the deep south. Um, for three weeks, we went to um, Mardi Gras, New Orleans, and then Jackson, Mississippi, Montgomery, Alabama, Mobile, and Gulf Shores, Alabama. So it was just fantastic. And it's not something that, you know, people would, except for Mardi Gras, people wouldn't put those other destinations on their, you know, bucket list, I guess, and would make the effort to get there. But when you're road tripping, you go and you experience these amazing places, and you it's just like seeing a world that you would never have done before and having these great experiences and learning so much. So first of all, how did this whole thing evolve? Because you, you know, you could have taken the family anywhere. So why did you guys decide to come to America for three years? We had lived here previously and we've loved living here and always had wanted to come back. Um, And so I guess the desire to do that was born from that. We travelled around Australia for 18 months, road tripped around that, loved it, had such a great experience, and we knew that that's kind of the way, the style that we love to travel is is road tripping. Um, And so we thought, well, where's the next great destination to do that? So it was made sense to come over to the US and do it here. Uh, I'm sure some people might be thinking, especially the people from out of the US, well, probably mostly them, uh, you know, what, how are you getting permission to stay in the US for three years? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we were able to get an O-1 visa for our extraordinary ability in the art of travel blogging. All right. <laughs> is that like a, some like crazy loophole you found? <laughs> well, that it, it, it is the O-1 visa is for people who are extraordinary in their field, whatever that may be. So that's why a lot of... um a lot of the actors and actresses come over on is an O-1 visa. That's So we were sweet. able to get that. That yeah, is so yeah, cool. Sweet. Was that a tough process? Like, oh, my you gosh, know. yes. We, we have a blog post about it on our site, but it, okay. it took us about nine months to gather everything we needed yeah. to apply, and our application was 500 pages long. No <laughs> so way. there was wow. it was a lot that we had to provide, a lot of proof to show that we were at the top of our field. Okay. Um, and now that we have that, we're actually now applying for a green card. So now that we have the O1, it's really easy to get a green card. So we're pretty excited about that. Nice. Well, what is it about America that uh, that you guys like? I mean, you're, you're coming from Australia. Like, what are some of the differences between the Australian culture and the American culture? Like, give us your sort of love and hates, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I think. I think one reason we really like it so much is that it is very similar in a lot of ways to the Australian culture. Um, A love for the outdoors, a love for adventure and activity, a love for sport. Um, I really love music, so I I love the music here in the US. You were just in New Orleans, right? Yes, yes. So jealous. Such a great town. So much fun. See, places like that. that's what uh, makes it different to Australia is that Australia is really quite the same. Everywhere you go culturally, it's the same. Um, 
but I love the diversity that's here in the in the US. You've got New Orleans and uh, Nashville and New York and all these places are just so vibrant and unique and interesting. So it's it's great to come over here and experience all of that. I love the people. I think the people here are so warm and so friendly and I love the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I think is one thing that really resonated with us and and that's where our entrepreneurial journey first started really was living in the US when I first got this idea of, oh, hang on a minute, I can sort of create something for myself and I'll be supported and encouraged on that journey, um, which was really life-changing for us. So you're basing and did you guys kind of set up shop? Like, did you buy a car and like you got a place and everything like that? Are you settling in that way because you're there for? Yeah, it was important for us. Um, to have a base, we started off not like that. We were just going to be traveling nomadically the entire time. We didn't have, like, we got over here and we we're getting, you know, settled in and we didn't have time or resources to organize it, like some kind of an RV. So we we're traveling around and we have to stop every couple of weeks so that we can catch up on work and do that kind of stuff. And so we were renting an Airbnb, which was costing a fortune to rent an Airbnb for a week just to stop and catch up on work. So we thought, well, we're just exploring the East Coast at the moment. Why don't we just rent an apartment in Raleigh and come in and out? It would be much cheaper and, and easier. So it's worked out that we will sort of maybe towards the end of this year uh, look at getting some kind of RV for when we go to the western side of the country and be moving full time. And I think it's really important to have that kind of stability when you're, having, when you're traveling with kids, especially if we're working as we're traveling, to have some kind of home base, so an RV and, and moving with us makes more sense because you guys are open-ended and you know you're there for a while i'm just curious you know if you personal experience or advice or anything around how you tap into your intuition to figure out you know if you want to make a like a i would say dramatic might be too dramatic of a word like a big shift in how you're going to travel like so in that example you're like oh well we were going to be nomadic and travel all around but then we decided to base sounds like a simple thing but it's actually a pretty big decision it changes everything and then it requires a lot of steps to make it happen but like it must have felt right for you so like for people that are traveling longer term or full time like what is your advice around like tapping in and you know knowing when it's right to make those shifts or those changes yeah this is really important for me i actually spoke about this in my talk on the weekend oh, really? um yeah, yeah, nice. and about about the intuition and trusting your inner voice, and and I spoke about how it's a non-negotiable part of my life now that I have learned that in my life, whenever anything went wrong for me, it was because I didn't listen to my inner voice. My intuition told me no, but I did it for whatever reason. And whenever anything has gone right and life has just flowed effortlessly for me is by tuning into that inner voice. So I did make that decision to, oh, this is not working, let's change it. And it was actually a really quick decision. And it was just because I tuned in and I was, oh, I just don't feel good about the way we're traveling. It was. It started with this kind of feeling like there was, you know, something in my shoe, just this not feeling right, something is off. And getting an understanding of what my values are and, okay, so what's not aligning with my values here and why is it not aligning? And just sort of asking a couple of questions like that. Why do I feel so off? How does this not aligning with my values? And then all of a sudden you'll just sort of play with that a little bit and then you'll realize, oh, 
hang on, I think this might be an answer. And, and for me, it's just this very clear, steady, strong feeling I get within that says, yes, I think this is the right decision to, to do. Because I'm so used to, to listening and trusting my inner voice, that is, it's hard for me to tell someone how to do that because it's just so normal and natural for me. But I think I think for people, if you spend time looking back on your life and connecting the dots and, and trying to see what worked and what didn't and, and how did your intuition play into that, and then I think one thing that helps me hear my intuition now in my present moment is I do spend a lot of time um, meditating. As I mentioned, the morning is just for me and just kind of um, being present and mindful and removing a lot of the clutter in my life, the clutter that clogs up my mental space and my physical space. Because if you do that, then I think the true voice, the inner voice can come through and you can hear it better. I don't know why we as humans were always trying to put everything into words, right? And sometimes you just can't put it into words. You have to be like, okay, like, I don't know why it just feels like this. So like, do I have to really contextualize it with a bunch of <laughs> blah, blah words, you know? Um, yeah. It's like, just go with how you feel. Cool. Well, uh, what have you learned about road tripping through the States? Like, do you have any budget travel tips that, that you've picked up since you've been doing it for over a year now or, you know, some off the beaten track spots or just... Any wisdom you want to share from the last year plus on the road? Just go slowly and just ask the locals for a lot of their really great tips and insights. We're discovering some really cool places um, just from asking the local people. Um, watch out for toll roads. <laughs> we did we did realize there were so many toll roads on the east coast going up to um uh, Vermont, and I think we spent about $60 in tolls. It was ridiculous. So a little bit of uh, forward planning like that can can help so you can figure out those things. Um, there's some really cool – oh, and the names are going to escape me right now uh, – road, road tripping, I think. I, oh, gosh, I can't remember. But there's some really cool apps that will help you find some quirky off-the-beaten-path places. Like in Vermont, we discovered America's Stonehenge which we'd <laughs> never heard of before. And so Atlas just really Obscura cool. is one. Yeah, site. I know. That's, that's one good. too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just cool, fun things like that. And, and uh, you know, going to local markets and festivals um, is a really great way to just experience the local culture and take your bikes. We have bikes that we throw on the back of our car. Um, yeah, which is a great way to just get around and explore things. We did this really cool uh, river ride in Stowe and, discovered some local markets and some breweries and really cool places to go just from being on the bike and exploring. I'm in here. I'm in Norway here. You're making me miss my, uh, my home country a little bit. Um, <laughs> especially the, the breweries part. <laughs> oh, and it's just that, that scene over here is just crazy yeah, now. It is. It's really, it's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, where do you guys sleep? Like, do you camp? Do you sleep in Airbnbs? What do you guys do? Uh, we do Airbnbs a lot. Um, if it's just like quick sort of a couple of nights here and there, we'll do a hotel um, and camping. Now that well, hopefully soon the warmer weather will be here, we'll do a bit more camping. I love car camping. It's one of my favorite yep. things to do because you get like the camping experience, but then you have all the luxuries of like whatever you can put in your car, which is great. I know, which is so great, especially it when is. you have kids. It's nice to have a few more things. Absolutely. I love popping down the trunk and just... Yeah, being at the campsite and pulling whatever 
ridiculous like thing you overpacked just because you had the car and you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah we have everything and like i usually end up the car gets so stuffed because then i go the opposite of like minimal you know yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> freedom freedom to have more <laughs> totally yeah well um yeah the american way right no yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i uh I, I, I guess last question about America, well, maybe it's a heavy one. I mean, do you notice like, you know, it's a different time to be in America than maybe than you were here before with um, different things going on? Like, does it feel a lot different to you? It, it does. Yes and no. Um, and I know before we came over here, a lot of people were saying, you shouldn't be going over there and we're not going to follow you anymore. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Bye. Um I, for me, and I've always approached my travels in this way, no matter where I've gone, it's about doesn't matter what um, politicians, leaders, et cetera, are doing. It's about getting on the ground and, and connecting with the real people to discover what they're really like. Um, and, and we're continuing to do that. However, it is a little bit different. Um, I feel like Americans, uh, the majority of Americans apologise to me before they start talking and sorry about our president or sorry this is going on and and that for me I find is quite sad I, I don't I don't feel that they need to apologize to me because you know of whatever's going on politically etc but there is a lot of um change happening I think so there's a lot of kind of excitement there you've got these amazing students at the moment who are out and sort of doing some really cool things to make change happen so it is kind of it's very different to be here, but um, it, it it's we're still having a great time. We're still experiencing cool. amazing people as we're traveling. That hasn't changed for us too much. No matter what's going on, like you said, in governments and bureaucracies and things, like it always comes down to the people you meet on the ground, right? It's like they're really defining the travel experience. Before I let you go, what what is a what are a couple highlights for you so far that you've seen? We just had a great time down in Mardi Gras, New Orleans, so that was really cool fun. Um, I loved um, Nashville. Nashville was great fun for me. And just discovering sort of places we never thought would be great, like nearby to us is Durham, which is just really uh, rapidly changing at the moment. It's a cool, fun destination. Jackson, Mississippi was really cool and fun, which was just surprising to, to us. We weren't expecting it to be that great. Uh, so little things like that are, are really have been really cool. I love it. Well, uh, have a great time. And, you know, we'll, we'll be talking again. So I would like to catch yeah. up with you and see uh, how it goes on this three long quest through America. And you got the yeah. special visa because you guys are extraordinary. <laughs> so congratulations <laughs> on that. And um, no, it's always a pleasure to, to have you on the podcast and just to connect and have a chat. So I really appreciate your time. Again, check out whytravelblog.com. We'll link to it all in the show notes. That's the letter Y, travelblog.com. Kaz, uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you, Jason, and thanks to all the listeners. All right, we'll chat soon. Cheers. There you go. I want to thank Kaz for stopping by the show today. You know, she's part of the Paradise Pack this year again, uh, which is something I mentioned at the top of the show. She has a course in there. All around uh, mindset, mastering your mind, which is a huge thing when it comes to entrepreneurship and you know overcoming those 
fears of, oh, well, I don't know if I'm an expert enough to start this business, or, you know, I don't know if I know enough to get started, or I don't know if, you know, the money thing is going to work. And there's all this stuff that goes around in the mind, right? Things that we can battle with that stop us before we even get started. And Kaz's course is one of 20 plus courses in the Paradise Pack. It's a professional education on how to live, work, and travel anywhere in the world and have that total flexibility to be location independent that you can't get anywhere else. You know, you can't get this type of education anywhere as far as I know, which is why we put it together and over $5,000 in value uh, that is priced 90% off, more than 90% off actually for one week only from May 29th through June 4th. And if you want to not forget that it's there and you don't want to miss it, again, go to zerototravel.com slash hotspots and you can get a free guide to top 11 digital nomad hotspots around the world. You also get on the list where you can hear more about the Paradise Pack and we'll let you know when it's live and you can see if it's something that's a fit for you. It's his Location Independence Month. This is a way that I've been traveling for several years now and it's not the way I always traveled, but I have found my time as a location independent entrepreneur and digital nomad. Now I live somewhere, but I was doing the digital nomad thing for a while too, where I didn't have any home base set up. I mean, at one point I was camping outside of Crested Butte, Colorado. Um, I was going back and forth from Norway to the States. I love to try different ways of travel because I get to share that experience with you. And it's also just personally, it's interesting for me to see what that experience is like. And you know, having the freedom and flexibility to work from anywhere, to be able to earn income from anywhere, and to do work that's meaningful and enjoyable for you is really, uh, really opens things up in a different way. And like I said at the top, I mean, and you heard during this show that the screen time thing and being in front of the laptop is a struggle, but um, every job has its pros and cons. And overall, to me, right now in my life, this is something that I'm super grateful that I get to do and honored that, you know, I mean, I get to make this podcast is part of my work. I get to hang out with you and host this podcast and bring on these incredible guests and have these conversations. I'm so fortunate. I I feel so grateful for your presence here and just that I'm able to do this. If you want to do work that's meaningful for you and maybe you're already doing it, uh, kudos to you. Um, If you do and you do want to, I should say, and you are having a hard time figuring it out, I want to help. That's the whole point of the Paradise Pack. I want to help as many people as possible to be able to have this flexibility and freedom to travel. So again, zero slash hotspots, uh, all one word, will just get you that free guide and then you'll be on the list to hear more about the Paradise Pack. But figured you might want to check out that guide anyway. So I'll leave that link in the show notes. And before I leave you with the quote and the shout out, I got to say quick thanks as well to our sponsor today, Pimsleur Audio Courses. And they ended up being a sponsor on the show because I have personally purchased their courses years ago. And I've been a customer for a long time. When I first came to Norway and I was driving across the United States, I wanted to learn Norwegian, start learning Norwegian. So I listened to Pimsleur Courses while I was rocking across the US. And it's the best. I mean, if you love podcasts, you're going to love learning a language with audio courses. And the Pimsleur method is the best way to learn a language, period. I mean, you're going to start speaking within that first lesson right away. You learn new words all the time. The method, I I don't know the science behind it, but I do know 
it works. And I do know organizations like the FBI and the Homeland and the State Department and, you know, these organizations, these big organizations that send people overseas, they use the Pimsleur method to train their employees. And zerototravel.com slash easy will get you that free lesson. And if you're based in the States, you also have a chance to sign up for a free seven-day trial. At least right now, at the time of recording, they're offering this low monthly subscription service where instead of spending, say, $500 plus to get all the Spanish courses, you get to have a low monthly cost like Netflix or something like that, where you get access to everything for one low monthly cost. And then you can go through it as quickly as you want, or you can take your time going through it and you just get charged monthly and you get seven days for free to try it out if you want to try it out. So there's no risk. Uh, zero to travel.com slash easy. Check that out. If you go through that link, you'll also be supporting this show if you decide to purchase any lessons or get on that free trial. And I really appreciate that. And again, I only recommend things that I use that work for me that I love. That's why you don't hear you know, a, a lot of sponsors on this show because I don't there's only so many products that I use and I really like to get behind the ones that that I use personally and that have given me value in my life and also enhanced my travel experience. In this case, being able to speak a local language really changes the travel experience for the better. So once again, zerototravel.com slash easy. Thank you again to Pimsleur for supporting today's show. Now, let me give a shout out really quickly to Tina. Hey, Tina from Slovakia. She says, hi, I'm Tina from Slovakia. I'm a journalist and it's quite funny how I find you're in your podcast. My very good friend living in Canada asked me to do an interview discussion podcast about traveling. I had no idea what a podcast is because it's just starting to be popular in my country. Anyway, I downloaded all the best podcasts and that's how I found you. Thanks, Tina. She goes on to say her and her fiance are currently in China and they wrote me this email when they were on like an 18-hour train journey. So I'm glad that I was able to keep you company on that. And I just want to say thanks for taking the time to write. You know, Slovakia is a place that I want to visit. I really want to go there. So I have to get that plane ticket and go soon. I'm going to Spain in just a few weeks. Looking forward to that. That's going to be uh, my first time back in Spain in almost 20 years. I'm just going down to Mallorca, which is um, an island off the coast there. And it's just like a kind of chill vacation. I'm taking my two-year-old daughter. It's going to be a different kind of traveling this time, but I look forward to reporting back from that trip and letting you know how that goes because it'll be my first long flight with my daughter by myself. She's not her first flight, but you know she's got to start getting ready. I mean, she's going to be going on a lot of flights. It's, this is going to be a thing. So hopefully she likes traveling and uh, I'll let you know how that goes. And I just want to say before I let you go, two things. First of all, thanks for being a part of the community and for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. And I also want to leave you with a quote I read the other day. It's an anonymous quote. I don't know who said it. Uh, Maybe you know. If you do, let me know. Uh, But I thought it was cool. And the quote is this. Adventure may hurt you, but monotony will kill you. Thanks again. I'll see you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. 